Hey, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of Breaking Down the Doors, where we speak all things Vanderbilt Athletics. I'm your host, and I'm your solo host today, Adam Sparks, Vanderbilt beat reporter with the Tennessean. Going to switch gears a little bit today from the original plan. Full disclosure, the plan today was to talk Vanderbilt baseball. They started practice, uh, preseason practice, just a few days ago. We were going to dive into that, but plans have changed. Kobe Bryant obviously died over the weekend, a helicopter crash, and there's a pretty unique perspective on Vanderbilt's campus of an NBA player uh, of that caliber in uh, in Vandy's basketball coach, Jerry Stackhouse, whose career in terms of tenure just about mirrored Kobe Bryant's. Jerry Stackhouse played in the NBA from 95 to 2013. Uh, Kobe Bryant uh, played from 96 to 2016. They were contemporaries. They were competitors. There was even an old story that linked those two guys back when Kobe Bryant was in uh, high school before he got to the Lakers. So, uh, spoke to Jerry Stackhouse a little bit earlier today about Kobe Bryant and his reaction to that. So, we're going to talk about that a little bit and let Jerry Stackhouse essentially be my co-host in here for some uh, clips with uh, with an interview earlier today with him. Also going to talk a little bit Vanderbilt basketball, the current team, and what's going on with their trip to uh, Kentucky Rupp Arena on Wednesday night, where I will be in Lexington to uh, to cover that game. But let's dive into the uh, the Kobe Bryant reaction first. You may be a little exhausted by this topic. I, I admit that I, to some extent, have been the last couple of days. There's so many angles about this. Such a sad story. And I, th- I think we kind of all digested in different ways. I-, I found out of Kobe Bryant's death from my daughter, Colby, 16-year-old daughter. She's about to turn 17 this week. And my producer for this podcast was even uh, joking with me before that I was saying Colby and Kobe almost interchangeably. You say one name so much, you get used to saying it for everybody. But uh, I found out about Kobe Bryant's death from my daughter, Colby, in a text that was watching, look, looking at it on Twitter, just like a lot of us were. Uh, all of us kind of have that story, how we found out about his death. But, you know, we don't know the guy. Uh, some of us may have seen him from afar, may have seen him live a little bit. Jerry Stackhouse knew Kobe Bryant, competed against him for years, for decades. And so uh, I, I think it's important to know about his perspective. They were they were competitors for scoring titles for a little while back in uh, 2001. Jerry Stackhouse was second in, score, uh, in scoring in the NBA. Uh, Bryant was uh, was fourth that year. There's a few years where they were kind of top five, top six in those uh, in, for the scoring title. Uh, Kobe Bryant won uh, won titles around the time that Stackhouse was also trying to get the same with the Mavericks, um, also the the Pistons earlier in his career. And so they know each other pretty well, and there's a pretty neat story about them. But first, I want to get to Jerry Stackhouse and his reaction to Kobe Bryant uh, and his memories of him as a basketball player. Here's Jerry Stackhouse. He was, he was the ultimate competitor. I mean, and that's what I remember about him. And you know, I remember him all the way back to you know, high school, as a high schooler, you know what I'm saying, just coming into the, the league as a – 18 year old and just having you know just raw talent you know but still having understanding how to play the game and then he dedicated himself to really understanding the game until it's probably he understood how to play the game obviously he had great coaching with um, Phil Jackson Tech winner you know but they taught him and he absorbed it all to the point to where it was a chess game out there for him and then with the competitiveness that he brought to 
and everything that he did from you know how he challenged his body, how he, how he pushed himself. I mean, I think that's where he got you know admiration from across the board. You know, for everybody that played, you know, as competitors alike. But again, uh, for a lot of us, he was a competitor. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's different for a lot of people on the outside. But you know, we weren't um, spending a whole lot of dinners together. You know what I'm saying? Because we were trying to beat him and trying to you know envious of, of the fact that he had the big fellow over there, and, and then again, like I said, then it became the chess match to where he didn't really need anybody but his, his, his will. So it's, 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 it's a great story. It's a sad story, right? You know, because he's definitely, you know, gone too soon. So you can, you can sense a little bit when he talks about envy there about the competitor in Jerry Stackhouse, still thinking about, you know, wanting to beat Kobe Bryant even these many years uh, later. That goes back all the way to uh, an infamous story that has circulated for years and years now. A lot of people are familiar with this. But uh, Kobe Bryant, when he was a, a high school player still in Philadelphia, he played a one-on-one game against Jerry Stackhouse, I think right around the time, right after Stackhouse had been drafted, number three overall, by the 76ers. So they're both in Philly at the time. And the story goes that that, that Kobe Bryant beat Stackhouse one-on-one, uh, Bryant then being 16-, 17-year-old, and, uh, and beating this guy that was going into the NBA, and that sort of started the legend, or the legend started to grow there of Kobe Bryant. Stackhouse over the year has disputed this over many years and said, that's not the way it went. He didn't beat me, or he didn't beat me every time we played. We played several times. So the, the story has been disputed, sort of lighthearted over the years, and I thought it was neat in the uh, media availability today that someone actually asked Jerry Stackhouse about that. And his his answer was essentially, my memory is a little different of that day than, than Kobe's was. And uh, and I'll just leave it at that. That's paraphrasing what Stackhouse said. I, he laughed it off after that. But you can even see after all these years and the tragedy of, of uh, Kobe Bryant's death that there's still that competitive edge there. That, that he was having fun with. And I think it was kind of a, it was a somber, some somber words that Jerry Stackhouse said, but it brought sort of a lighthearted um, edge to it. So that was, that was his reaction. That was Stackhouse's reaction to Kobe Bryant, the player and the competitor that he knew so well. Um, but I thought it was interesting how he digested the news. Um, Jerry Stackhouse was in South Carolina over the last few days um, visiting his family. His, uh, his father is 90 years old. He's been ill for a while. Stackhouse even mentioned his parents. For health reasons, they couldn't come to his introductory press conference as Vandy coach back in April. And, you know, 90 years old, they still can't travel. And so his apparently his dad is in really poor health right now. He went down to visit him. He was in South Carolina when he heard of Kobe Bryant's death. And, uh, and so he kind of digested it as... As a guy who's you know has gratitude for the time that he's had with his father, a relationship there, and uh, you know there's sort of a mix of sadness and gratitude and, and perspective uh, with that. That's how he took it, and th- this is this is Jerry Stackhouse how he said um, he gained some more perspective in, in the death of Bryant. Just put things into perspective, right? Like you know we we sit here and and this is our livelihood, right? And I you know and I live with this every day as I should. I feel I mean. But we're consumed with what we deal with daily, but there's another level of, you know, stuff that you should really, really care about, you know, and family, 
um, I was just able to visit with my dad for a couple of days. He hadn't been doing well, so I was, um, you know, went there to South Carolina just to see my dad, who's 90 years old. I've been fortunate to have him for 90, 90 years, but uh, man, you know, it's tough to see the strongest man, my hero, you know, not be himself. So I mean, it's just the things that you really, really take perspective. Yeah, I mean, hell yeah, I love to go beat Kentucky, but again, there's there's a lot of things that mean a lot more than. Um, basketball games. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. Even a guy that played with Kobe Bryant um, can still look at a tragedy like that and think of family ties and think of the the perspective of a son to his father. You know, as Kobe was father to his daughter, who also died in the crash. Um, you know, we all kind of take that different ways. My immediate reaction or maybe a uh, delayed reaction once we knew that uh, that the daughter had also died in the helicopter crash was as a dad. As I mentioned, my daughter's 16, almost 17 years old, and that's how I saw it, of a, of a dad and a daughter. You know, a lot of people saw it as their hero dying or a fellow basketball player dying um, or a father dying or a daughter dying. I, I saw it as, as dad to daughter. And so we all, we all kind of digest it in different ways. I thought it was interesting that Stackhouse – had an additional way to absorb the death in addition to being a player of the same era as Kobe Bryant. So a lot of sad news, good perspective there. I thought it was interesting that Stackhouse, you know, mentioned that he really, really, really wants to beat Kentucky, but that's not the most important thing. But he still really, really, really wants to beat the Kentucky Wildcats, number 14 Kentucky is where Vandy is going uh, for this game Wednesday night. It's a 5.30 game tip, Central Time, on the SEC Network. As I mentioned, I'll be in, up in Lexington. And, you know, th- this is uh, this is a tough spot for the Commodores. They're on a 24-game SEC regular season losing streak that's tied with Sewanee for the longest in SEC history. So if they lose at Rupp Arena, that's 25 straight regular season SEC losses, that would break the record. And, um, you know, it would just dig a hole deeper in what Vanderbilt's already in uh, to this point. We should say that Stackhouse is 0-6 in the SEC. He's not um, 0-24. He inherited most of this losing streak. But, you know, Rupp Arena is not the place uh, you want to go when uh, you're trying to win your first game in, in conference play. So I don't, like anybody, I don't I don't see a really good chance of that streak uh, ending in in Rupp Arena, it's a good team. It's a, it's always a talented team, and and Vandy's biggest issues right now is just on its own roster. They're so limited with Neesmith out, with Cleavon Brown out. Cleavon Brown may be coming back in February. Aaron Neesmith likely out for the season, and he may be headed to the NBA after that. I would say likely is. So Vandy's going to have to find some of the ways to win. I don't think it's going to come at Kentucky, but in the meantime, they've got to develop their younger players and somehow get over the hump and win one. And uh, Jerry Stackhouse talked about the importance of trying to play in a tough atmosphere. I mean, I think uh, we're still just trying to, again, like I said, consistently do some things right as a group. And we're doing, we're having spurts where we got maybe three or four guys that are on the same page. We just got to get, continue to get five guys on the same page. And maybe just the game that we put it together. Like I said, we continue to, to look at it and, um, try to try to get better each night out, but I, mean, I think a lot of it is just the. It, it has been some of the, the arenas and just the, the um, just the atmosphere that maybe has gotten to our guys somewhat. Because again, we when we're in the empty gym, seems like we're able to perform our jobs and know what we're doing a little bit better. You know, when we're not in a 
hostile environment, you know. So I just think that's the next level of growth for us as a as a young group. Yeah, so as he said, in an empty gym, uh, things are going pretty well. Of course, he means practice there. You know, I'm stating the obvious here, but Vandy facing itself and practice a little different than facing other other SEC competition. There's, you know, they're just limited on the roster right now. Scotty Pippen Jr. is a guy that on a lot of other SEC rosters would be the backup point guard and would be getting valuable experience off the bench in his freshman year. Dylan DeSue, who's been a good freshman, would be a guy that probably come in and a lot of SEC teams would come in as a freshman and get some valuable minutes as a sixth or seventh man and show you flashes that he could be a starter and a good player as, as a sophomore junior. And, uh, you know, Saban Lee would be the only guy, I think, that would start on most uh, other SEC teams. And right now, Vandy's limited by the fact that they just don't have that personnel. And that's not going to get any better this year. I do think it's important, and I wrote about this in the Tennessean, it's important to look at this long term. They're going to have to get older to turn around this program. So Scottie Pippen, fast forward a couple years, as a junior, he needs to be one of the better point guards in the SEC. Next year and the year after that, Dylan DeSue needs to be um, one of these um, versatile type 6'9 guys that can make a three, that can get in the paint. I think he has the most upside of anybody on that roster right now. So there's a way out of this mess. Um, I just think it's going to take time. And it's going to be, if you think back when Vandy was um, really good, about a decade ago, even less than that in some extent, but some of Kevin Stallings' best teams were teams that were older, where he would bring in a, a, a good, solid recruiting class and grow those guys up over three or four years, and you would have a junior-senior-centric team. That's the way that Vandy's going to have to get out of this. They can maybe be competitive next year. They will add some transfers, and these freshmen will be a year older, but it's going to take more than a year. And they've got to find a way to win a game, at least a game in SEC play this season, and then they're going to have to take that and build it into an older team over the next couple of years. But getting win one is is um, what's most important right now. I don't think that's going to come in Kentucky. Again, I'll be there and, and see if they can, but I think their best chance is in late February. There's a three-game stretch there where it's Ole Miss, Missouri, Georgia. Don't remember what order that's in, but that's uh, that's three teams that are near the bottom with Vandy and the SEC standings. Maybe you can get one out of those three. Uh, certainly a tough road ahead between now and then, beginning with this Kentucky game. So we'll see. Maybe lightning, uh, lightning can strike and Vandy can make a whole bunch of threes and they can stay in this game at Rupp. Uh, I just don't see it. But it's good to be optimistic in Stackhouse's while a realist. He, uh, he is optimistic. So we'll see. Follow my coverage at Tennessean.com of that game and the uh, the follow-up at that game from Lexington. That does it for this edition of Breaking Down the Doors. Uh, we hope you'll subscribe to Tennessean.com if you haven't already. And remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever it is you get your podcast. And drop us a review and a rating while you're at it. We'd like five stars. I'm Adam Sparks, and we'll see you next time. 